This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. TV concierge Bill Simmons here with Juliette Lippman. I blame her for ruining my Memorial Day weekend by telling me about Pluto, which we covered here last week on TV concierge. They have all these channels, these binge watch channels, and there's commercials. It's free, but they have a Hills channel. And my daughter hadn't really ever gotten into the hills. And about 40 episodes later, we've been plowing into it. The problem is it's not on demand. So you just kind of kind of go in. It's like sports. It's like having a game on. And in a way, it is sports. But uh, what an incredible show. Really, like, uh, I'm not ashamed to admit I'm a huge fan. The rewatch value is really, really high. I feel like every time I see an episode, I both am like reminded of something that I loved at the time and also see something new that I didn't see before. Also, I didn't live in LA the first time I, I watched the show. So now I'm like, oh, I know where that is. Oh, I know where that is. And it's really exciting. Like when they have the fashion show at the Sunset Marquee in West Hollywood. Yeah. Like incredibly, del- I was just so delighted to see it. Well, it's like, they, it's like a home movie. It's like home movies of LA because- the first season's 06. Yeah. And some of the places they go to, it's just classic. Like there's a big Geisha House episode. And I was like, yeah, the Geisha House was kind of a thing in the mid 2000s for about a year. But all the clubs they go to are all these, you realize like how cyclical everything is. So cyclical. And the episode where Lauren and Whitney go to Paris, Lauren gets a phone call from Audrina because Brody's with another girl at Ledu. And she yeah. calls her to interrupt. Oh, yeah. Like, the Hills made they do like a big thing because they, I guess they got to film there and they mentioned it or whatever. And I was like, oh, right, Ledoux, that doesn't exist anymore. It's just so funny. We watched all of season one, my daughter and I, for six straight hours as I was doing. I was kind of half working, but half watching. And uh, there's a whole Grove scene at one point, And it's like the 06 version of the Grove. But I got to say, season one is a remarkable reality achievement because I'm not positive everybody involved kind of knew what was going on. No. So it's like, like Heidi, who is LeBron that season, she's basically like 2007 LeBron. She's incredible. She gets a job at Bolt House Productions and she's an assistant, but doesn't realize the concept of paying her dues, all that stuff. But she dates this guy and at the end they break up and he like cries on camera. Like she basically really dumps him. And we never saw that guy again. I think he probably moved to like New Zealand, right? Just to get away. He did, It was almost like he didn't know the cameras were there. His name was Jordan and he wore a wedding band, but on his middle finger, not on like his ring finger. Mm. And 
It was a really aggressive move. There's one episode I watched today where they like go to like Don Antonio's or somewhere for their anniversary and his ring is so conspicuous. And I'm like, is he trying to make it clear he's husband material? Like what's he doing? But yeah, his name was Jordan and he was immediately eclipsed by Spencer next season. She dumped him and then Spencer's still around. I mean, Jordan must be so jealous. Spencer comes in hot in the beginning of season two and goes on a date with Adrena and all that. But you know, the two best Hill seasons, I'm doing this mostly from memory, but also from all the shows we watched the last uh, few days. Season one is great. I, I stand by season one. She starts dating Jason, who clearly has some sort of drug issue, as which to nobody's surprise, it comes out after. But they have that the famous birthday party episode where he keeps leaving to go to the bathroom and he's just a complete mess. And then I got to say that they revived it with Kristen Cavallari when she comes back. And... She gets involved with Brody and my daughter was riveted because my daughter loves Siesta Key. That's her generation. But, and she's like, wow, this show's like Siesta Key. And I was like, you hold your tongue, Missy. Siesta Key is like the Hills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the, the Hills is not like Siesta Key. You can't say that. So what does she think about Heidi and what does she think about Lauren and Kristen? Like, you know, 10 years later, who holds up the best? Well, I would say in season one, the Lauren Heidi relationship, their friendship is a really strong early twenties, like late what, I, Lauren's like 20. Heidi's probably like 20 yeah, and 22. 20. Just a really strong friendship. Yeah. Like they're really there for each other. And like Lauren has a fight at a bar and she leaves and Heidi's like, I got to go with Lauren and leaves. And they really were best friends. So it sets up when Spencer comes in and he's blowing up relationships left and right. He's like James Dolan owning the Knicks, just a wreckage everywhere and blows that one up. And it's kind of tragic when you watch season one. It's really sad. It was like, they really were close. The funny thing about Lauren and Heidi is it shows the best part of having a roommate when you're in your twenties, which is like for the, and the best part of having a roommate when like you're a young woman is before you go out and the morning after it's for like, you know, for getting ready together and the postmortem and the Hills captured that really well. And they lose that when Heidi and Lauren like have a falling out, but it's a perfect trajectory of what it's like to have a roommate. And like when you reach the point where you're like, I'm done here, no more roommates for me. I'm going solo. Right. And also like how your friends can just change dramatically in that window from like 21 to 26. Like you're going out with somebody all the time, you're close. And then a year later, you don't see them at all. You know what happened to them? It's like, what happened to that person? The people who get married young and put their like 25 year old friends in their wedding. And by the time it hit like 30, they're like, well, we're not friends anymore. Why is this person in my wedding? Huge mistake. Huge, huge mistake. Brody, my wife, uh, just thinks he was the total package. Not just like handsome, but just like for what that show needed. Played it perfectly. Was never too attached to anyone. Everyone liked him. And as she said, really good at faking a real genuine attraction in Lauren Conrad. Oh. Which, because my wife was like, Lauren Conrad and Brody, no way. Lauren Conrad's not like the most, you know, sexual, basic instinct type of person. And Brody gravitates toward like Jade, the Playboy Playmate and stuff like that. It's like, clearly Lauren's not somebody he would be interested in. Lauren's not a bottle girl. I've always been on Team Lauren and she's not a bottle girl, you know? She's not. Good way to put it. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's another LA archetype and that's not her. I've always been team Lauren, but what's hard when you rewatch the Hills on Pluto is while I remain team Lauren, you have to acknowledge that she's objectively such a pill. Like she's just not fun. Lauren is the one who's always crying. She is the one who's always like has the drama. And I, I think that's partially from the show, but I think that's also just Lauren. Like, I'm not sure that Lauren is the fun one of the bunch, but Heidi clearly is. Oh yeah. My daughter, after watching um every season one episode for six straight hours, was like, Does Lawrence suck? And I was like, Well, just wait, because it gets worse. <laughs> like we just actually saw probably the most fun version of Lauren. Um yeah. I, I mean, nice person. I think the big winner of the rewatch though is uh is Whitney. Oh who, yeah. I mean, um, she was a winner at the time too. She got to rise above it. She got to walk in the fashion show. She oh, made yeah. all the right choices. She wasn't late because of Jason Waller. When you no. see Lauren making the unforced errors because of her stupid boyfriend, it's just like, be more like Whitney. What are you doing? Yeah. And then the Heidi transformation over the four years or whatever is, it, she was so cute. It was like, talk about people who didn't need to have 15 plastic surgeries. So funny. Um, I know. When did it shift to become way more contrived and, and, formulaic in your opinion because I feel like the first season was pretty authentic I agree I think seasons one and season two were pretty authentic I think Kelly Catrone comes in season three that's when people's rev starts and that's when I think it's sort of like oh this is more stage because it just got more famous it's, it's, it's kind of like what happened to Vanderpump's like when you have to start clearing legitimate locations and they can't just like be anonymous when they go like it's not just like oh another film crew here in LA but like oh is that the Hills filming then it becomes less authentic essentially. And I think when, when Audrina became a bigger character is when it became less authentic. And you could tell because Audrina is a really bad actress. Oh my God. Audrina has a roller coaster ride as this goes along in the beginning. She basically, nobody knew why she was on the show. It was like, they just were grabbing another body. She had no personality at all. And then they would try to spice it up by having her be in love triangles and stuff. But then Justin Bobby shows up. Justin Bobby, incredible character. He's aged really nicely. Yeah. I, he also like remains the same. He's like the, obviously the bad boy that you shouldn't get involved with, but like that's a timeless archetype. So Justin Bobby 2006 works for Justin Bobby 2021. Right down into he's in a terrible band. Yeah. It's like, let's go see his terrible band play. Oh, good job with the drums, Justin Bobby. And riding but, motorcycles. Thank you to Lo Bosworth for naming him Justin Bobby. She did so much for the culture. Lo Bosworth, another winner. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, she has like a whole wellness line now. Look, yeah. Lo and Lauren, like, though they may have been less fun, they really made something of themselves. And also, can you believe that Heidi subjected her family to this television show? When they no. go to Colorado and they show her mom, it's like very upsetting. And her mom's crying, but from all the plastic surgery. <laughs> the three biggest losers are Heidi's family, Jen Bunny, who comes in, who's like, has a cup of coffee there where she's kind of one of the regulars all of a sudden. She's hanging out with Lauren and Heidi. And, and and my daughter was like, so what happened to this one? I was like, oh, just wait. And then she crosses Lauren. She makes out with Brody. And then she's like excommunicated. Yeah, she's she's off. She's basically it's like in another country. Yeah, the, the law of the hills is if you make a move on somebody else's, you're out. Not only are you out with the friendship, you're off the show. So that that led to a different policing of how people behave. But she was a big loser. And then uh, Holly, was that her name? Yes, Ho Holly Montag, sister of Heidi. Heidi's older sister 
just goes off the rails with it. And she's like at parties and dancing by herself. And even for the, when people in the hills are looking at you going, uh-oh, you know you're in trouble. Only a couple of people hit it. But she definitely hit that point of like, oh God, what's going on with her? She's the, like the family member, one of the first family members who was like too excited to be on TV. Now we get them all the time, like Peter's mom on The Bachelor. But like when you have a family member who's more excited than you are for the cameras to be around, it's a problem. And then you combine it with substances that we don't know what they are, but have mm. to have to assume there's something going on. Then it's a bad, it's a bad side. It's a wonderful era. This this 2006 to 2010, you got Us Weekly's thriving, and the Kardashians are taking off. Like for for the gossip culture. And this really, the Lauren Heidi thing, first of all, the fight at the party, which I, we didn't, we didn't see those yet, but they show the promo all the time of, they say, forgive and forget. I forgive you, but I'm also going to forget you. It's so well scripted. It was written by like Robert Town and William Goldman wrote her lines for that. I think. And the <laughs> tears on her face with the mascara running. Lauren is an epic, an epic cry face. It's not like an ugly cry, like, like, like when... People right. shouldn't be on TV, but it's like a really dramatic cry. Sad right. Lauren makes me really upset. Sad Lauren almost looks like when, like when my kids were young and they would get upset, and it just like breaks your heart that they're sad. Yeah, it's just the saddest face. Very expressive eyes. I also what I it? really enjoy the fashions, like seeing Lauren's fashion evolution when she was wearing like capris, like rolled up to her mid calf. I was just like, it looks like she's like a European man from France. Just like not a good look, Lauren. My daughter commented on that because simultaneously she was watching Gossip Girl and she really liked the fashion in season one of Gossip Girl and didn't and wondered why that didn't come back. But this Hill stuff, especially 06, 07, the super low jeans and the stuff, she was like, this is terrible. This will never come back. Terrible. Yeah, rough times. Great era of reality TV, 06, 07. Of television in general, not just reality. The final scene which then it turned out to be shot in a Hollywood lot, which was their wink, wink at people who said it was all scripted is actually pretty good. I thought uh, I'd forgotten they'd done it. I was taken aback and it, I was surprised. That it was, it was a good way of acknowledging like the end of an era and like they were in on the joke and the Hills was just well done television, like just really well executed for, you know, who cares if it's scripted? I mean, whatever it's entertaining. And like, it's still these people who you get to know, but they did a great job of owning what their show was. And I mean, it's, it's a paradigm show. There should have been more of them. And I'm glad Siesta Key has some momentum now, but I just feel like this model where you don't really know what's real and what's not real. Everybody looks good. Everybody's fighting. There's love triangles left and right. There's bad behavior. People are going off the rails. Like I'm in, keep it coming. That's why Vanderpump works. And this is why they need to move on from the current Vanderpump cast. Yep. Once they move out of their shitty apartments in West Hollywood, they're done. Like, you can't live in a nice house and be on this kind of show. True. That's part of why The Hills is also fun. They're like, the West Side Villas and, like, all of their, like, random apartments and, like, the stupid complexes in Century City in West Hollywood. But there's always new people who move to L.A. At and, like, are aspirational. Like, there's a Heidi right. Montag out there right now stuck in her apartment. Let's get some cameras on her. Dump them out. Yeah. We should also mention they call it the Hillside Villas and make it seem like it's in Hollywood Hills. But meanwhile, it's Park La Brea in the Grove. Yeah. completely flat. They make it seem like it's some palace in the hills. Listen, it's a tremendous rewatch. And the thing that I like the most is that it's just on all the time. All the time. It's always it's, on. And there's also the challenge channel, which we covered uh, last week here. But it, it's just crazy that this stuff is on 24-7 and available and free. 
I'm an insomniac, so it's really comforting for me. I can just turn it on at 4.30. Well, congratulations. We should mention we don't own any Pluto stock. We have no incentives to push Pluto. We're just glad it exists. I might buy some. I'm really into it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, TV concierge, Bill Simmons, that's Juliet Lindman. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.